everybody. This is Ray Renati, and you've reached Green Room on Air. How are you all doing today? I hope you're doing well. It's a beautiful day here in Palo Alto, California. Now you know where I live. Don't stalk me. If you stalk me, I'll be upset, and you don't want that. No, siree, Bob. How's it? How you doing? I hope you're having a great day, as I said already. <laughs> this is the day after our president of the United States, the first president in this country to ever be indicted in a criminal investigation. I think that like Grover Cleveland or something was indicted for running over somebody in a horse carriage or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is like the, the real, the most significant one. Uh, Nixon was never indicted. He may have been, but uh, he was pardoned by Gerald Ford. And I remember the day that Gerald Ford pardoned Nixon. I think it was during one of the hockey games in the Olympics when the U.S. men's hockey team beat the Russians. Yes, I think he did it during that, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I was a very young man at the time. Now, now, boy, if you know, I, I'll just talk about this a little bit. If you don't get it, here's what it is, because I did some reading today. There are 34 counts of a low-level felony against Donald Trump for hiding transactions, mis mis misappropriating or mislabeling uh, transactions that were basically bribes or hush money as legal expenses. So his fixer attorney, Michael Cohen, created these uh, false invoices for Trump to cover up money that he gave to Stormy Daniels, the porn star. Why are women who do porn all called stars? I don't know. The only she's the only one I know of. They're not stars. Anyway, that's another subject. I digress. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael Cohen paid her off to shut up for Trump. And then he paid Michael Cohen back as if he was paying money to Michael Cohen for services rendered as an attorney when he was just paying him back for the money that she gave that he gave to Stormy Daniels for her to keep her mouth shut. And the problem with this is that, and anyway, the the um, the alleged law that was broken is that he was doing this to gained an advantage in the 2016 election so that uh, people wouldn't uh, see him in a bad light. So I, I guess that's illegal. And then they're also going to bring in uh, this, this, uh, God, this Playboy model. I can't remember her name in the moment, um, who was paid off by the National Enquirer and apparently whoever owned the National Enquirer was a friend of Trump, I think. And the, the National Enquirer paid off the, the Playboy model who had an alleged affair with Donald Trump. And then they quashed the story. And so that's how that didn't get out. 
And then also there was a, uh, a doorman at one of Trump's hotels who claimed that Trump had a illegitimate child. And they also used the National Enquirer to pay off this gentleman. Uh, apparently, though, that turned out to be false. There seems it seems that there was no illegitimate child. <laughs> So I guess it's illegal uh, to do this. I think it's I think it comes down to I don't even really understand this, but it's illegal uh, campaign contributions. So using money to affect the campaign uh, and not disclosing it is illegal. It has nothing to do with uh, him having an, an affair or anything like that. that. That's personal stuff. It just has to do with how he handled the information. So apparently that's what this is. In my opinion, it's kind of weak. I mean, he's done so many other things that are way worse. This is wrong, but it's nothing like inciting a riot on January 6th where several police officers were killed and, and apparently one citizen and then sitting around and doing nothing about it for over two hours and watching it on television and encouraging people to uh, kill Mike Pence and all that. Uh, it's nothing compared to trying to pressure in the perfect phone call, another perfect phone call, trying to pressure the, the governor. I think it was no that guy the attorney general who, attorney general I can't who was it uh, of a state where he come on fellas I just need eleven thousand five hundred and seventy four more votes come on can't you just find those nothing compared to that stuff uh, but you know I don't know politics is it political of course it's political everything's always political in some way but that doesn't. That doesn't mean he didn't break the law. I was watching Fox News yesterday when I was over at my parents' house. I was trying not to watch, but I found it interesting how they were painting Trump as a victim. That's amazing to me. That Trump is not a victim. Trump has caused so many problems for himself. He looks for it. He loves it. It's so clear. Just watch his behavior. And then he's, oh, I'm the victim here. They've been so unfair, those crazy Democrats, evil Hillary, Ron DeSanctimonious. Anyway, the guy's a nut. He's a grifter and he's a, he's a con artist. Hey, we'll see what happens. History's being made right before our very eyes. Boy, I'm 61 years old. I have a lot of pain. I have arthritis all over the place. I got arthritis in my back. I got arthritis in my knees. I've had two knee surgeries, one in each knee. My left knee, I've had uh, ACL reconstruction. And my right knee, I had a meniscus removed along with 40% of all of the cartilage in my knee. That's the one that gives me the most problem. I get these stinging pains whenever I try to ride my bike. And I just try to live with it. And then I have all kinds of arthritis in my lower back and in my hips. and it hurts quite a bit, especially when I get up from like lying down or sitting. Sometimes I feel like I'm just going to fall over. It's so much fun getting old and falling apart. Yeah, thank you very much. I'll be here all week.
today, I mentioned to my doctor a couple of days ago that I was having this lightheadedness. And I guess when you had a heart disease in your family, my brother passed away at a young age from massive heart attack and my grandfather had all kinds of heart problems. So whenever I mention anything that could possibly be around my heart or a stroke or anything like that, I, I was having some lightheadedness for a couple of weeks here and there for no reason. Oh my God. So it's like, EKG, blood test, make an appointment with the neurologist. I have to call my uh, cardiologist. <laughs> well, you know what? At least I have good doctors who care. But God, you go, you, you're going in for what you think is a 15-minute appointment, and three hours later, you're, you're finally going home. Folks, be careful about alcohol. I've had so many friends over the years pass away kaput. Kick le bucket because they drank too much. Um, liver cancer, cirrhosis of the liver. That's been the two things. Um, and now I have a friend in the hospital who has cirrhosis of the liver. I think that's what it is. And I don't think he has much longer. And I've been visiting him and it's horrific. You don't want this. So if you drink, Please, please, please drink as little as you can. This is this is something you don't want to have happen to you. It's a nightmare, a living nightmare. And it's sad and it's been making me sad and it's been making me think about my own age and how much longer I have and all that. Weird how you get older, you start I have a lot more humility than I used to have, I'll tell you that, because I realize how little I know about anything. And I don't know what's What's in store for me or anybody else? Yeah. Okay. That's happiness. We are. We are singing and talking about happy subjects. Happy subjects are what we talk about. Thank you very much. I'll be here all month. I have been watching a show that I have grown to love so much, and it's called The Orville. I don't know if uh, any of you have heard about this, but the Orville is a show that is the 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 brainchild of the incredibly talented Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy fame, and it's so good. It's hilarious. Uh, it's funny. It's dramatic. Uh, the the, hu the humor doesn't feel forced. Although in season one there were a number of forced humor moments i.e. similar to Family Guy, and yet these are live human beings. Uh, and I found it hilarious, but when I went through and read some of the reviews for season one, most of the critics hated that. I loved it. But this is live action, meaning human beings, not, not animation like Seth MacFarlane is known for. And it's basically Star Trek, the next generation, and the original Star Trek, and uh, and apparently some influence from um, uh, the, the the Twilight Zone, and it looks like a uh, one of the Star Trek series. It just really does. Although they've renamed everything, so that, like maybe for copyright laws, and also they want to make it clear it's not Star Trek, but it's so similar, so similar, and it's just wonderful. Uh, and and I love the fact that it, the humor is, is good and the and, and the character development is uh, is excellent and 
the little quirkiness that Seth MacFarlane inserts into every episode is just brilliant. He's such a brilliant person. Um, yeah. So I love the characters. They're all so wacky and neurotic. And it's just one. It's fantastic. It's like it's like you're looking at a family on a ship, i.e. family guy. And they happen to be uh, space people. Uh, each each of them is well-developed and, and unique in their own ways. And they all have their quirks and flaws. And you really feel like you're watching a group of people who have been working together for years. And the chemistry between them is just uh, is just fantastic. Let's listen to Seth MacFarlane as the captain addressing his new crew for the first time. All right, uh, Lieutenant Commander Bordas, our second officer. You know, I've never met a single gender species before. Your entire species is male, isn't it? That is correct, sir. So there's probably not a lot of arguments about leaving the toilet seat up and that kind of thing, right? No. Bachlands urinate only once per year. Really? That's, I mean, I'm, I'm up two, three times a night. <laughs> that is unfortunate. It is. All right. I love that. That was Seth McFarlane addressing Boris about his urination habits. All right. Uh, Seth, Seth McFarlane himself. Yes, plays Captain Edward Edmercer. I uh, he would be the equivalent of John Luke Picard, if you will, or uh, you know Captain Kirk. Spock, how long will we be in Klingon space? That Captain Kirk, and uh, you know he's a great actor. And I am going to say this, and it doesn't take away from the show at all, but uh, he just doesn't come across as um as somebody who would be running a starship he just looks like a little boy and he's very he's very baby-faced and he just doesn't have that sort of like starship captain charisma and it's not his acting it's just the way he looks and his demeanor Seth MacFarlane but you know I'm glad he gave himself this part and he does a great job with it he just it's just like you wonder uh and they try to get around that. I think he's aware of that. So the way they try to get around that is, is that um, he he was given this this uh, this starship. It's a smaller starship. It's not one of the main fleet. Uh, they gave it to him out of sympathy because his ex-wife, who's also in the show, uh, tried to persuade the admiral to to do this for him because they had just gotten divorced a year ago and he was having he was having a hard time and she thought this would really help him, you know, pull himself up by his bootstraps. So that's how they get around that by saying, you know, he is you know unlikely captain and he and he talks about that all the time. So that's sort of brilliant. I'm glad that he has that self awareness and that he wrote the show. Uh, with that in there so that we don't wonder how could Ed Mercer be the captain of a starship? You know, how could baby faced little nerdy Seth MacFarlane be a starship captain? And, you know, then then we know how. So that's kind of good. That's kind of cool. Um, so what happened was, is the end of his marriage came. Uh, his wife, Kelly. Um, let's see. So so what happened was <laughs> he came home from work one day. 
and he caught her in bed. This is episode one within like the first 30 seconds. He caught her in bed with this blue alien dude. And uh, the alien, I guess when he gets stressed out or whatever, this blue spunky shit falls, comes out of his head, forehead. And it like got all over her. It's hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah. So then uh, Adrian uh, Palicki is Kelly Grayson. That's his wife, ex-wife, and also the commander of the ship. So it's second in line in the ship. And uh, she, I think she played Wonder Woman in the re remake of Wonder Woman. She's a very tall woman, very beautiful. She has these eyes that I've never seen on a human being before. The shape of them, they're they're, they're mesmerizing. And every time I see her, it's like, look at those eyes. I mean, if you ever get a get a chance, uh, Google her, and you'll and you'll see what I mean. I mean, you know, some of you probably already know who she is. I I didn't, I wasn't familiar with her, but yeah, Kelly Grayson, um, she's great. She's great. And then, um, and they have this really complex relationship, her and uh, and Seth MacFarlane's character Ed Mercer. So Adrian Adrian Palicki, who plays Kelly Grayson, yeah, it, they're they're uh, they're divorced, but then there's all kinds of complexities that come into it. And if you watch the episode, you'll you'll see what those are. Uh, then Penny Johnson, who I knew from 24 one season, and I really liked her in that. She plays she played in 24 the um the first lady to the president of the United States. And I was impressed with her then. I really, really like this this actress. Plays Dr. Claire Finn, and that would be the uh, the equivalent of Bones in in the first Star Trek. Uh, she's um very emotional actress. She does a wonderful job. I, just, I don't know what else to say. Uh, and there's Scott Grimes as Lieutenant Gordon Malloy. Now, he is the best friend of McFarlane's character, Ed Mercer. They've known each other for years, and he's apparently like the best helmsman in the galaxy. And uh, he's kind of a goofball, and uh, Scott Grimes does a great job with it. Just does a great job. He's uh, in real life, he's actually married to Adrienne Palicki. I hope I'm saying her name right. They're married in real life. And although I guess I looked it up, it looks like they've been having some marital problems. But I still think that they're, they're still together. The, the, the interesting thing is she's like 5'11", and I think he's about 5'7". Um, and she's absolutely gorgeous. And he just kind of looks like a regular next door dude. So I like that. It gives it gives all us uh, average people hope. <laughs> and then uh, you have um, Peter Macon, who is a Lieutenant Commander Bortis. This may be my favorite character in the show. He's the second officer aboard the USS Orville, and he's from the planet Muckless, a planet where the primary industry is weapons manufacturing and whose society is dominated by males and this is explained in the first season as the result of the rarity of female births one of which occurs when bortus and his mocklin spouse clyden bear a female at the end of the series second episode and the way that they bore this female is that bortus laid an egg and had to sit on it for a number of weeks so he had to take time off from uh, 
being the second officer of the ship so that he could sit on his egg. Yes, that's correct. This is what I love about Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> he just comes up with this hilarious stuff. Um, and one of the episodes is just fantastic where the infant undergoes a procedure to transform it into a male following a controversial legal ruling on the home planet. And so with stuff like this, it really also touches into current day events and conflicts that we're having right now in society, i.e. trans people. And, uh, and, and it doesn't give any like, you know, it doesn't give any easy answers. This is complicated. And the, and the series really recognizes that. And, the, and I like that a lot. Um, so the development of uh, and the attitudes prevalent of, among Mocklins towards females that Clyden himself harbors subsequently persist as a source of tension for the couple. Uh, and this, is, this continues throughout a number of episodes. And it's a sensitive matter for Boris in particular who harbors resentment over it. And uh, one of the outcomes of that is that Bordas's uh, harbored anger and rage and resentment over his, his daughter being forced to have a, um, a sex change at birth because he changed his mind. He didn't want it to happen. He becomes uh, addicted to pornography and the pornography is... Uh, done on the holographic uh, deck <laughs> of the uh, of the starship and uh, it causes a rift in the family because he lies about it and uh, he gets he gets a um, some kind of like thumb drive equivalent with some wild uh, scenario for the holographic deck but it had a virus on it and when he used it, 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 this virus ran rampant all over the whole ship and almost every, almost everyone died on the ship because the virus took over the ship <laughs> because of his porn addiction. It was just, it was awesome. It was just, a, I just love these episodes and what Seth MacFarlane has come up with. Uh, then Halston St Sage, who left after uh midway through season two i believe or at the beginning of season two she was uh lieutenant alara kitan and she was great um she was chief of security and she was from the planet uh, zelaya that is a very high gravity planet and it gives her greater than human strength and earth gravity so she whenever they needed what nulls walls knocked down or someone beat up or whatever, you know, she was right there. That was great. Uh, but she's gone now, but there's another Zelayan who's taken over for her. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, there's some bunch of other characters. One of the other ones that I really like is Mark Jackson who plays Isaac, who's a, a, I guess a robot I'd have to call him. And he is the engineering officer. Um, he, it's from a non-biological race on a planet Kalon one. And boy, does that get complicated. There's some incredible episodes around him. So the whole thing is just a great show, and you should check it out. Yeah, it's on Hulu, and it's called The Orville. And so far, there are three seasons. Um, yeah, what else? It's not a perfect show, but if you're a Trekkie like me, 
who grew up on Star Trek, which I did, the original one. I, I, I've seen every episode several times. You will love it. You will love it. I give this two massive thumbs up. All right, everybody. That's it for today. I have a great guest coming up next week. And uh, it's the director of our play. I am in a play that is a benefit for Ukraine. And the money that we raise from our performances is going to a theater company in Ukraine, which is housing refugees from the war. And uh, the director of this play is going to be our next guest. And I'm really looking forward to that. And I think you'll really like it. She's extremely interesting and fun and entertaining human being. She's so fun. She's interesting. And she's funny. And she's from New York. And her name is Amy Greenberg. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening today to my little green room, my little green room episode. Yes. And if you like this show, please tell your friends, uh, pass it on, send them a link, and please give me a rating on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcasting platforms, but Apple's the best one to leave it on. Please, please, please. Yeah, just go to Apple Podcasts, just Google it and give me five stars and some kind of incredible like review and I'll love you forever. And also take care of yourselves. And if you want to send me a message, send it to rayrenati at gmail.com or greenroomonair at gmail.com or uh, raymo, R-A-Y-M-O, at raisegreenroom.com or on Instagram where I am listed as Ray Renati, R-E-N-A-T-I. There's so many ways you can uh, interact with me. Take care of yourselves. And until next time, I will see you on the boards. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.